Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. As always, you may hear some construction noise around us in our studios here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, because we have lots of heavy construction going on. But as I always say, it doesn't bother us. We hope it doesn't bother you. I want to talk to you in this podcast about churches and COVID-19. Man, do we have some controversy. As you know, many of the restrictions on public gatherings have affected churches, and so churches for for the most part, have agreed to shut down, go online. That's really harmed some churches. Um, And then, of course, some states have opened up and then closed back down again. And now, of course, as I record this, we're living in during a surge when coronavirus is rising. Um, But uh, I I have to tell you, this is not going away. And uh, some churches have gotten furious. And like the Rodney Howard Brown situation in Florida, he just closed his church, said it would go online. And though he's South African himself, accused the American government of being anti-Christ and anti-church. Other major pastors around the country have said that they wouldn't uh, wouldn't shut down, wouldn't comply. There's been controversy. There's been anger. There's even been a Supreme Court lawsuit, a Supreme Court, I'm sorry, a lawsuit that reached the Supreme Court, um, which, by the way, churches, the church's filing lost when they appealed against their governor's uh, restrictions, etc. So let's talk about about this just a little bit, and let's talk about what this looks like. Let me start by stating a macro principle from Stephen Mansfield, and that is that we who are Christians, we who attend churches, we who populate the pews, we have an obligation to obey the laws of the land as long as it's moral. And when it comes to a pandemic, we of all people should be helping to heal this matter. And so no one should ever say, I'm a follower of Jesus, therefore I can't wear a mask. That's ridiculous. Not when a mask might save someone else's life. Not when a mask is uh, ordered by the government. Not when a mask is uh, something that is a sign of caring about society. Now, a lot of what's happened a lot in politics uh, is that there's been a mixture of conservative religious politics with a, almost a strident libertarianism, an anti-government kind of attitude. Um, now, if we lived in a communist nation, if we lived in a nation in which the church was being persecuted, then an anti-government approach would be you know, somewhat appropriate for the church. But we are not living in that kind of a country. We are living in a country in which even the people in government, for the most part, and this is statistically true, are Christians, many of them evangelicals. And so we are not in a situation where there's persecution going on. So we are governed by Romans 13, which is an injunction to obey the laws of the land and to see those who rule over us as being God's servants. That's literally what it says. Go read it. Well, what's the point here? A great many people have begun to act like being asked to do social distancing, like being asked to wear masks, is like being asked to take on the mark of the beast, to have 666 tattooed on your backside, to somehow compromise the gospel of Jesus. Now, I will tell you that I have some sympathy with this sentiment only from the perspective that in some of the states where churches are not allowed to meet because you can't have gatherings of more than 25 or 50 or what have you. Uh, Casinos, bars, and Lord knows even tattoo parlors, in some cases strip clubs, are all allowed to operate, but churches are shut down. 
And I got to tell you that this is a ham-handed and perhaps and definitely, I think, illegal, uh, but certainly a moral approach on the part of legislators. I've, I know I've just sounded like I'm saying exactly the opposite of what I said before. I do believe churches and Christians have an obligation and a calling to help heal, uh, to do the minimal things that make a difference. Who cares about social distancing? Do it if it helps people. Wear masks. I'm not less of a man, less of a Christian, less of an American if I wear a mask, which I do all the time because I travel a lot even during this time. So let's, I, I absolutely believe that. On the other hand, if I'm pastor of a church and I'm caring for people and I'm loving on them and I'm making sure their needs are met, we're worshiping Jesus, and the state comes along and says, now listen, the casino down the road can stay open, but you got to close. Uh, that now triggers something um, of, a, of, a, of a historic memory of persecution that I'm not going to be happy about. And I'll tell you another thing that we we have to keep an eye on here, and that is the idea that every state is different. One of the good things that's coming out of coronavirus uh, is that we're returning to a new federalism that we should never have lost lost to begin with. Let me give you an example. Uh, I am right now, as I've already said, sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, recording this. In Nashville, uh, we have had about a thousand deaths. Now, I grieve each one of them. That's sad. That's tragic. As you know, that doesn't necessarily mean a thousand coronavirus deaths. It could be that people died of other issues while they also had coronavirus. So I asked an expert uh, what they of the thousand deaths in Tennessee, how many do they think actually were caused primarily, uh, not in association with some other disease, but primarily coronavirus? And they said probably half. So Let's run with that for a moment because I don't have the brains to or the experience or the education to argue with him. Uh, This is a Vanderbilt MD who knows what he's doing. So let's say we've had 500 deaths. Well, you got to realize that's approximately how many deaths we would have had uh, in in the course of a month from the flu or some other disease. Uh, And that certainly is not uh, enough uh, of, of deaths to launch the whole state into some kind of destructive activity and shut down uh, the entire uh, of, of, of obviously churches or the entire commerce of the state. I mean, there are five and a half million people in this state and 500 have died. Uh, again, sad that anyone has died from this, but that's a relatively small amount. Uh, a cold, you know, flu season produces far more deaths. So the governor of this state ought to be allowed to fine tune. And you, you probably know, you probably saw in the news that some of Donald Trump's experts came and spoke in Tennessee and actually rebuked the governor for leaving the bars open, you know, and for leaving other places open. And the governor fought back. Now, whether he should leave the bars open or not, the point is, uh, in Tennessee, that is, uh, the point is that the governor is saying we have unique circumstances here. Don't put on us a one-size-fits-all kind of restraint. And that's what's governing this state. Now, I may disagree with the governor about bars, but what's, what makes me not get upset about the bars in Tennessee is that the churches are not restricted, whereas in other states, churches have specifically been closed down temporarily. 
let me tell you that many of these churches can handle this thing just fine. I haven't spent my life, a lot of my life in bars, uh, but I have been in restaurants. Um, and I, I'll tell you that, that those are fairly tight spaces, even if it's a large restaurant, a lot of, lot of tables jammed in there. Um, certainly a bar, uh, you're going to have a lot more people around. And the fact that they're eating or drinking means they've got their masks down and their mouths open and, and they're talking and they're spitting and they're what have you. And they're you know using utensils and putting down bones they've just been gnawing on and all kinds of things. So that's fairly tight space. By contrast, uh, my wife and I went not uh, just a few weeks ago. I'll specifically mention the church to Brentwood Baptist in Brentwood, Tennessee. Brentwood's kind of a suburb of Nashville. Uh, the pastor there, Mike Lynn's a dear friend of mine, and a new worship leader had come, a friend of ours also. And so we decided to go and we went two Sundays in a row. Now, this church probably has a couple thousand seats. I haven't asked how, how many seats, but it looks to me like a couple thousand seats. And what they want from us is what, six feet of separation? So let's say that's three seats. I'm just making this up. I'm sure it's less than that, but still. Let's say it's three seats. Well, that means that about a quarter to a third of that room can be full of people attending church without while maintaining social distancing. And that's exactly what happened. They blocked off certain seats. They seated us all with ushers. Um, they were, everybody had to wear a mask to get in. They sometimes checked uh, temperature. They had uh, sanitizer all over the place, dispensers all over the place. We went in. We didn't sit uh, within two or three seats of anyone. Uh, we watched the service and worshiped and all of that. And then they re- re- turned everybody loose, released everybody by rows very carefully. So this church was open and all they had to do was increase the number of services they were having in order to only have a quarter of people in the room at any given time. Now, why would that church have to shut down? So our governor, Governor Bill Lee, has said, no, churches can stay open. Just, just, just maintain social distancing, wear masks. Churches are safer than restaurants and bars and God knows strip clubs. Now that sounds reasonable to me. And it is certainly a policy that fits Tennessee. What's my point? My point is that there, there, while I certainly think some pastors and some churches have been ridiculous, um, in their reaction as though Nero is marching down the road to take them over and burn them at the stake. I mean, goodness, all they were asked to do was maintain some distance, maybe go online for a while and wear some masks. I think some of them have been ridiculous. There's no question that some folks have tried to use the public policy positioning and authority um, to crank down on churches and shut them down and back them off and perhaps hamper the cause of religion in America. There's just no question. Some people have even admitted that in their articles and in their publications. But First of all, every state should be uh, given some latitude to customize its approach to coronavirus for its state. Second of all, uh, why in the world would you have bars and strip clubs and tattoo parlors open and then insist that churches not have more than, or if not shut down, have very small crowds, when quite frankly, some of these churches, like Brentwood Baptist just south of Nashville, um, holds thousands of people. Why not let them make the call as long as they maintain six feet of distancing and have masks on uh, and, and don't have food services and things of that nature? So what I, though I brought up this entire issue not to pick a religious fight, but to say once again in our public policy discussions in this podcast, moderation and regional fine-tuning and federalism wins the day. 
where we are careful to customize policy for each state, where we let governors have some latitude, where we don't mess with churches because we're anti-religious, but we recognize their strengths and their potential to help us, and where we trust the people, we can make a great deal of progress and do a great deal of good. But if in Utah, you, I mean, I'm sorry, in Nevada, you shut down the churches but keep the casinos open, you're engaged in a form of bigotry. If you threaten churches that can seat 5,000 people because they have 500 people worshiping there spread out all over the place and wearing masks, but you keep casinos or strip clubs or tattoo parlors or bars open, aren't you engaging in some form of bigotry? Come on, let's be, let's use some American common sense. Let's be gracious. Let's be wise. Let's customize. Let's let federalism, meaning the states decide things on their own. Let's let that reign and let's let some moderation guide us. So yeah, we've got a crisis now of churches and coronavirus. We've had to have a court, a case go to the Supreme Court. We are, we have tensions. We have major pastors saying they're now going to engage in civil disobedience. I won't be surprised if we see some arrests, and it's all unnecessary. It's all unnecessary. People on both sides are being overheated, and quite frankly, those in political positions of power pushed it too far. And by the way, some of these some of these governors, when this situation is over, they definitely need to be voted out of office, if nothing else, because of the threats that they breathed against churches, which even if you're not a Christian or a church member, you, you need to uphold the idea of religious freedom in this country. And Mr. de Blasio in New York absolutely took it too far. He even threatened the Jewish community. All this to say, we've got a little bit of a reckoning coming pay attention to it, realize it didn't have to get this far, some moderation, some federalism, and some leaving local governors to fine-tune and customize according to need would go a long way. But hey, it's not going away tomorrow. This is part of what we're dealing with today, but it can be a win-win if we'll do the right thing and keep our foundational values in hand. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.